Episode 6 is brought to you by Tony's Fast Food in Gorgium. Guaranteed nutrition-free and proudly containing at least six days' worth of salt, sugar and fat. Ensure you have a wonderful brief life while encouraging those you love to get addicted. Monson Jackson, Series 2, Episode 6, Kick. Monsoon woke with a start. His ears were being assaulted by music that many, many years ago, he would have danced the night away to. He looked up at the digital posters shimmering between promoting the concert and promoting brands. Psycho History Presents. I see the PR team have been allowed indoors again, despite everything they do. Monsoon looked down at his newly augmented body. He had no idea what some of this kit was, though there was a message waiting. He decided to ignore that for now. Where's the fun in reading the manual? Instead, he looked at the list of bands playing, most of which would have been made up after a lot of drinking. Grantor, Hober Mallow, Mule, Ebling Miss, they just sounded like some made-up sci-fi names. Unsteadily, he got to his feet just as the next band appeared on stage. And it was appeared. This was one of those hollow shows featuring a band from the past. The name rang a bell. Even after all those years, there was one. Something about, as Elijah had insisted, a shirt hag by the band Eat Us. That just didn't sound right. But that's the problem with time. People forgot. Even the really bad things that happen, people forgot. They just didn't learn. Until it hurt them directly, most didn't care. For the human was at once a marvel of biology for what it could achieve, while at the same time being incredibly dumb and deserving of immediate extinction. Just as Monsoon was winding himself up about the stupidity of his own species, the paper-thin 10,000-watt speakers exploded into life. Fortunately, it was a good song. Monsoon propped himself up against the wall and, just for a moment, lost himself in the music. Gave himself a break from the horror he knew was coming down the line. And that was it. Wheatus. The name of the band appeared in glorious swirls around the holograms as they pulsated to the song.
Monsoon stepped outside. Even after all these years, there was a moment when the body was expecting blazing sunshine when leaving a darkened room. But no. The radiant, shielded light of the dome eased his eyes back into seeing around him. A second message appeared in his inventory and, annoyingly, was blinking rapidly. After trying to ignore it and looking like a Diony attempting to swipe the message away in mid-air, to the surprise and consternation of passing shoppers, he selected it. Much to his surprise, the message was from Elijah. Elijah sat in opulent surroundings, dressed in an evening gown so expensive it was terrible. That said, she was looking good, even if her clothing choice was a new element to her personality. Hello, Monsoon. I am she, her, the engineer of your destruction. If you're reading this, then you were too stupid to delete your private video mail account. Despite the obvious threat of a painful death, Monsoon couldn't help admiring this new Elijah. There was always something alluring about power, even if it was admiring the sole of an exquisitely made Italian leather shoe before it stomped down on and crushed the life from you. I heard you escaped. Clearly you had help, as you're far too dumb to organize anything that clever. And here came the insults. Somehow it just felt a little cheap when balanced against the whole wanting to kill him. I will find those who helped you. But it really doesn't matter where I finish you. What matters is the how. The how will be an experience, a real pleasure for me. Not so much for you. But that's enough for now. You run around for a while thinking about how to outsmart me, trying to work out the how. After all, you know me. You know how I think. I'm sure you're still arrogant enough to think you're the one in charge. She was right. He was. And you can keep on thinking that, as the pain becomes more than you can bear, yet still less than you deserve. The light fading from your eyes. I owe you, Monsoon. The video stopped, and the image of a smiling Elijah held Monsoon's gaze. He shook himself, deleted the message, and looked around. Nothing. Yet. But they would be coming for him. Elijah, as with her mother, would like him worn down before she delivered the final kill. It would amuse her greatly. Monsoon felt a lot heavier than before, and yet he could still move well. Whatever Dugfree had done, it was a lot of enhancements. He walked off into the shopping center. It wasn't that being surrounded by innocents would stop an assault. It was more Monsoon wanted to remind himself of humanity. His imminent death had shook the anger from him. Now, it wasn't just about the stupid, naive, opinionated cluster of humans. What about the brilliant, wonderful, clever humans that were working to make things better? Even the majority in the middle who just wanted unhealthy food and throwaway television shows. They had some value, he assumed. But they were all he had while he was here. The whole lot that shared his timeline. His brief blip of existence wrapped around a sea of experiences, shared moments, and then gone. Forever. Monsoon idled away a few hours immersed in the swirling rush of people, 
spending their income as quickly as they could, so they spent the rest of their time panicking about debt until they got paid again. It was a myopic spiral, which most were doomed to follow until the end. He was lost in contemplation over what was to come and why, how his actions alone had led him to this moment. If only he'd left it alone. If only he'd done as promised. If only he wasn't himself. Monsoon noticed that he'd wandered off into a quiet corridor that mainly seemed to be locked doors for cleaning supplies and maintenance. Naturally, there were no cameras down here. The safety of cleaning staff wasn't considered cost-effective. He looked around. The long, white corridor was empty. It was just Monsoon stood alone, but only for a moment. Six people appeared from around corners and surrounded him. They all had the look of people who were paid to hurt, but it wasn't like the movies. There wasn't one chewing gum or one slapping a stick into their hand, and thankfully none of them were clicking their fingers together. He hated that. No, instead they were professionals. They had weapons, but those were at their side, patiently waiting, waiting for Monsoon to make the first stupid move. Monsoon smiled as he pivoted around them, trying to assess his chances. In brief, not good. Maybe one, two if he was lucky. But then it was over. They'd have him and do whatever they'd been paid to do to him. He hoped it wasn't the eyes. He liked his heterochromia iridum. Clever girls. That might throw them, just for a moment. An old film quote. Assuming they watched old films, which was, he admitted, a rather daft assumption given their day job. Well, it was not as if he had anything else in his armory, was it? He'd have to try and talk his way out. Just as he was planning his next observation, one of the assailants smiled back at Monsoon and lunged towards him with a razor wire whip. Monsoon put his hands up to minimize the damage. To his surprise, the whip stopped millimeters from his body and clanged on a metallic surface. What, what the hell? Before he could finish, another assailant came at him with a spiked pole. From his hip, a small red dot appeared. Then a dart flew out and struck the assailant square in the chest. They pulled the dart out, more in surprise than anything else, then crumpled, lifeless, to the floor. Clearly, Monsoon had been fitted with defense capabilities and military grade at that. Where did Dugfree keep acquiring this stuff from? Two more assailants pulled guns and fired at Monsoon. This was clearly it, then. He could survive some hand-to-hand -hand weapons, but not firearms, surely. As he thought that, a series of small panels expanded out from his augmented arm. They appeared in milliseconds and formed a shield that soaked up the laser ammunition. Now that really was enough. The remaining assailants also opened fire on Monsoon. Whatever they'd been tasked to do to him, this was just embarrassing now. He had to die. As they fired, more body armor appeared, this time from his augmented legs, and shielded him. Monsoon was almost 90% covered in armor. He stopped cowering and rose up, believing, for now, that Priva's intentions were to keep him alive, for the time being. Then the icing on the cake. Two sidearms deployed from his legs. He snatched at them and began firing back. He stood in the middle, dishing out his form of justice in an arc of fire. 
Come get some. The fight wasn't fair. The assailants didn't stand a chance. Within moments, they were all dead or dying. A few lights from Monsoon's arms scanned them. It reported there was no further threat. As it did, the armor retracted and Monsoon reholstered his weapons. He walked over to the least dead assailant and knelt down. There was a small camera melded to the side of their skull. He stared straight into it. First wave, Elijah. You better have something more spectacular planned or else your reign is going to be the shortest in criminal history. Monsoon let the body drop and surveyed his handiwork. You're full of surprises, Priva. I'll give you that. But what do you really want out of this? He walked off back in the direction of the general population. As he left, the shadow of someone disappeared in the opposite direction. Monsoon paused and turned round for a moment. There was nothing to see here now, and he knew it. He found himself back with the masses. It was good to be back in the bustle of the shopping centre. Even if there was a chance, they were acting as human shields for, in his own narcissistic view, the universe's most wanted man. Elijah was virtually flicking through a military sales catalogue, completely off-book and not available to non-military personnel, so naturally she had one. There was an array of advanced weaponry and defence technology. The military were so bored not having wars and killing people, they ploughed all that frustration into having things to kill people better, soon as the opportunity arose. And the frustration had borne fruit. Some of the available kit was amazing. One of Elijah's bodyguards beeped, as politely as their massive frame allowed them to be. Yes. Well, I was just thinking, boss. Why don't we get some of those orc, those augmentate, some of those weapons for yourself? Elijah stood up to engage with them. The rest of the bodyguards all strategically took a subtle step backwards and made themselves busy, checking walls and doors for potential security concerns. And ruin this body beautiful? You think I should have myself cut apart and spliced with metal and wiring? I was only thinking of your safety, boss. The other bodyguards really pushed themselves backwards at this point, with the furthest doors and walls requiring their most diligent attention. My security? My security? Isn't that what you're here for? Well, um, yes, of course, boss. I just meant... They stopped talking. It was a wise decision. In a blur, Elijah was pointing both of the Mary Jane firearms at their center console. You're worried I can't look after myself, is that it? Elijah's fingers rested on the triggers and began to squeeze. Of course, boss. Yes, absolutely, boss. You're beautiful, and you should just stay that way. It had been some time since Elijah had been surprised, but that had done it. She laughed and reholstered her firearms. Well observed. Now go get me Dugfrey. I need to have a word with him over some concerns I have. It was code, but not really. There would be screaming, blood, pleading promising, everything, then usually death. 
unless she came up with something incredibly useful that piqued Elijah's interest. And that was an achievement. When each layer of skin was being slowly peeled from your fingers, the ability to really focus on the whole long-term staying alive thing and not the short-term searing pain you were currently enduring. Elijah expected someone who had that focus, even if they died shortly afterwards. Elijah suddenly remembered from last time. She shouted out after the departing, much-relieved bodyguard. And, just to be clear, I need him in one piece, and alive. Both of those things. I do actually want to speak with him. The bodyguard nodded as they lumbered off to the door. Elijah had considered an intelligent security detail, but then how could she trust them? That was the problem with people who thought for themselves. They had independent thoughts, and that was dangerous when you were in charge. It was far better to explain to them. They didn't need to think for themselves. All the thinking would be done for them. It was social engineering on an epic and generally successful scale. Most people these days were happy to be told how to think, rather than question. It was so much easier for the wealthy. And for those few who thought they knew better, well, that was not to be tolerated. They were to be shamed with accusations. You were not simply commenting with your concerns over the treatment of certain Marts groups being assaulted and murdered. You were anti-Martianium. You couldn't have a valid opinion on anything without someone claiming you were a deviant of some kind. And that's what the ruling classes needed. Keeping their muddy waters muddied. Because all the time the lower classes were fighting between themselves, the ruling class kept all the money and power. You'd think at some point in history the lower classes would realize they were being played off against each other, then rise up and take out the ruling class with extreme prejudice. But somehow, miraculously, hardly anything so far. There'd been a few events, a few successful pushbacks, but sooner or later, the ruling classes brought it all back round to them, the stupid lower classes. They massively outnumbered the ruling class and yet acted like frightened animals. Because even if you hated the ruling class, you were still dumb enough to believe the lies they peddled. That without them having all the power and money, society would collapse. A world of equality was unsustainable. You needed a few greedy, self-serving, lying people to run everything and take all the benefits. That was obviously the only way things could function. Not as if a society could survive without homelessness, desperation, poverty, fear, violence and greed. What a laughable, stupid kind of society that would be. Monsoon sat at the back of a less than salubrious coffee house. It was right at the end of the shopping centre, along with a row of lower-rent rooms filled with brightly-coloured pseudo-plastic tat that somehow was still in demand. He was never sure exactly who bought this stuff, and yet the number of shops suggested a lot of people. The coffee house itself was dimly lit, and everyone took care not to make eye contact. While this, of course, meant everyone was dodgy, it also allowed everyone to get on with their business in peace. This sold more coffee and stopped the place being covered in blood or destroyed in fights. So all round a win-win 
He put down his black coffee, ironically the hardest thing to order on the menu. The assistant, Monsoon refused to call them any of those stupid names they decided added an element of class, because, well, it didn't, had become quite animated at the barrage of options being initially politely waved away, and then a few minutes later being suggested they stopped talking before their spine fell out in an unfortunate accident. Monsoon glanced at the name on his cup. It certainly wasn't his name, but almost definitely was a word suggestive of the assistant's opinion towards him. He smiled. It was good to know some things remained the same no matter what. He couldn't remember the last time a cup actually had his name on it, rather than a suggestion of where he could put the cup with quite incredible force. He was scrolling through the augmentation manual. After a rather surprising survival, even he had decided it would be prudent to understand what the metal welded to his body actually did. A few of the options raised his eyebrows, while one of them made him smile. Not a pleasant family photograph smile, but the other kind of smile. He was abruptly brought out of his thoughts by a fellow coffee drinker. A glasses-wearing, unshaven dude with a sweet-looking guitar. Nice hogs. Where'd you get them done? Monsoon said nothing. This kind of interaction was just not acceptable in a low-key, ill-to-do establishment such as this. Everyone else was behaving correctly and making themselves busy, while the assistant was carefully removing a few breakable objects from the countertop. Nonetheless, they didn't take the hint. I've thought of getting some done. Maybe people will stop calling me a wannabe gangster. He weighed up his options. Of course, violence was the obvious one, but he was a musician. You had to give them the credit they deserved. So instead, he got up and made to leave. This seemed the best course of action to keep this wannabe gangster safe from harm, but all that did was wind them up. Hey, show me a little respect. The young lad pushed on Monsoon, which was a mistake. Monsoon turned around and stared at him. He saw his shop name badge. Give it your best shot, Mr. Brown. The young lad swayed as he weighed up his rather limited options. Monsoon smiled and turned back, assuming silence was the lad coming to his senses. He'd nearly left the place before the lad shouted out after him. You're a real girl. Monsoon knew he didn't have to. He knew he shouldn't, but, well... He turned round and walked back to face off against this kid. There's no happy ending here, you understand. I'm a dynamite satchel of pain and you just need to learn to walk away. Monsoon waited. He could see him processing the information. He could see some of his younger self in him, so was prepared to give him this one chance. I'm sorry, would you prefer pretty girl? And there it was. Monsoon held back, but still hit him quite hard. The augmented arm had the ability to cause immense damage to fragile human flesh, so he had to be careful. Mr. Brown hit the deck with some force, and enough pain to suggest he should stay down. Blood leaked from the punctures on his face caused by the augmentation's design. He wiped it away, but at least did not try to get up. Man, you're the whole amoeba. Monsoon looked down at him. If you want to stay alive, do not start something you aren't prepared to see through to the end. No matter the loss, the pain, the agony, 
And all for what? For your own ego? Monsoon was going to carry on, but all too suddenly, he heard echoes of what sounded like advice he should be taking himself. And that annoyed him. He didn't like being lectured. He turned round and made out towards the door, conscious he was way too much the centre of attention for someone trying to be discreet. As he exited the coffee shop, a small red light appeared on the glass. Instinctively, he ducked and rolled out of the way, finding refuge behind what had been a very expensive-to-commission statue, which naturally everyone thought a child could have done a better job of. But the dot did not follow. Instead, in a flash, a small piece of the glass was punctured. For a moment, Monsoon saw a heavily armed man exiting the shop behind him. The man fell violently to the floor. No need to look. Monsoon had seen that violent fall too many times. No one got up from that fall, ever. The coffee shop rapidly emptied as the shop assistant flailed around, unsure of what to do. They eventually decided to call the shop cops. Not the most respected arm of law enforcement, but they were loud and prone to finding things by accident, two things that Monsoon was exceedingly keen to avoid. The assistant hit the button behind the counter, and small red lights blinked pathetically outside the doorway. It was like an ineffective system to summon aid, but eventually, like when you had a problem with a product and the employee was always chatting to a colleague or deliberately ignoring you, and for some reason you felt you can't call them out for being a thought redacted, the shop cops would arrive and Monsoon needed not to be there. As to who had shot the man, that would have to wait. And did it really even matter? With my thanks. This episode was voiced by Adam Roach as the narrator and the voice of Monsoon Jackson, with Heather Dent Cowan as the voice of the adverts, with additional voices myself, Suze Kebner as Elijah, and Brendan Brown as Mr. Brown. Written and edited by Andy Case at Lightmotif Productions Limited, copyright 2020.